guys. Welcome to the online marketing rockstars podcast for the second time in English uh, today with Russ Glass from LinkedIn. Thank you for having me and thank you for doing this in English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you've been uh, with LinkedIn for how long now? Uh, just over two years. Uh, joined in August of 2014 as part of an acquisition. And LinkedIn acquired your company, Biz Bizzo? Bizzo, yeah. yeah. And um, the, what, the company that they acquired, what did you do? So Bizzo was a business audience marketing platform. Uh, we founded it with the idea that the world was moving to audience-based marketing versus proxy-based marketing. And we saw that nobody was really focused on it from a business perspective. There's a lot of consumer targeting, you know, demographics, uh, but nobody was thinking about the business side. So we built a platform that brought all the data together uh, and helped marketers reach all the right business people across the web. And where did you get the specific business data from? Uh, partnerships. So we basically built a platform that aggregated data from three, four thousand different partners, uh, mostly business publishers, but other types of partners that had business data as well. We aggregated it. We, uh, you know, scored it for quality purposes. We would uh, manage it uh, from a, uh, making sure that it was actually delivering the value that we thought it should. And then we would segment it into segments that were purchasable, right? So we created a taxonomy that made it easy for buyers to buy the data. Okay, and then LinkedIn came, came along and took everything over. And the rest is history, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we, we had a partnership with LinkedIn, and we had another inbound interest for acquisition, but uh, the cultural fit wasn't as good with that other uh, potential buyer as with was with LinkedIn. Yeah, so, so we went that direction. And now you are the VP of advertising at LinkedIn. I'm the VP of products for LinkedIn Marketing Solutions. So, in effect, the same thing as what a VP of advertising would be. Yeah. Okay. So, so what's the best advertising product that I could purchase on LinkedIn? Yeah. Well, I love all my babies. Uh, <laughs> but uh, by far, our flagship product is our sponsored content product, which is uh, the ad formats that show up both in mobile and desktop on our newsfeed. Okay. And it's, you know... It's a half a billion dollar business today. It's still growing at north of 60% year over year. Uh, a rocket ship of a business. It was zero three years ago. Okay, and it's mostly B2B oriented or is it also B2C brands advertising there? It's mostly B2B, but uh, high consideration B2C also. So those B2C brands like the Mercedes and the BMWs of the world that are looking for either high net worth purchases or people who are actually thinking hard about making those purchases, our audiences fit very well with uh, those kinds of decisions. And so they'll use our platform as well. Okay. Um, and then what else do you have? I mean, give us a feeling for how many products are there? Um, what can I do? I mean, what are you working on right now as, as the latest maybe new solution that you have? Yeah. So we have four core products. Sponsored content is our flagship. It's 60% of our business today. We have sponsored in-mail which is a really unique ad format that allows you as a marketer to put uh, a directed message into the person's LinkedIn inbox. Okay. And uh, the reason that one's so interesting is it's extremely limited frequency cap. So a member can only get one of those every 60 days from any advertiser. So the most that anybody would ever receive is six per year. But the innovation is not that high. I mean, that, you've seen that before with webmail, uh, Yeah, so, so the big difference here 
uh, what makes it so unique, one is the frequency. Yeah. Two is the targeting. So you can target any member on LinkedIn uh, at scale. So you can say, look, I'm looking for all of the people that might be a fit for my trade show. Uh, you know, let's say it's marketers, so I can reach every marketer in the German market for my trade show and put this directly into their inbox with a one-click conversion kind of an opportunity, right? That's a very unique ad format. And Is it available in Germany? Could I, yes. Could I buy that? Absolutely. And, and you know, these things have 60% open rates. They have uh, 5 to 10% click-through rates. So incredible engagement because they're persistent, right? They don't, the user has to actually act on them to uh, proceed. So really interesting ad format. But it, it's not, it, it doesn't get considered as spam because there's only six per year and it doesn't show up in your actual uh, email well, well, inbox. So, I mean, if you, if you only send it out so rarely, yeah. um, it, it's probably very expensive, right? It is expensive, yeah. But it backs into great results because of how high the engagement is, right? Okay, and what, what are the other pillars? Of, uh, so, so that's two, so sponsored content, sponsored email, We then have our display ad formats, uh, which are a combination of traditional display, you know, the same stuff you might see anywhere else, as well as our dynamic ads, which use all the LinkedIn data to create dynamic experiences. Okay. And then we have our text ad platform, which is similar to uh, a very basic search kind of an ad, but in a text format on LinkedIn. Okay, and is all the advertisement you offer happening on LinkedIn itself, or are you like working on data outside of the LinkedIn platform, like programmatic and then retargeting yeah. and other things? So uh, all of uh, the vast majority is on LinkedIn today. Uh, we always target our users, so there's no situation where we're targeting any other data that's not a LinkedIn user. Uh, we're just starting to expand sponsored content offsite. Uh, so today about five to 10% of the impressions we serve for sponsored content are outside of LinkedIn's um, uh, owned and operated inventory and on other inventory, uh, but it's all in-app and mobile, right? So we're not doing anything in the mobile web, we're not doing anything in the desktop right now for offsite. And how is uh, like advertising product development going? I, I imagine Like you're not an advertising company by your core DNA. It's something. It's, it used to be a different product. It's a different product in the end. And I imagine there's a lot of discussions going on. All of a sudden, there should be ads, and then probably people in other departments of LinkedIn that don't like that. Yeah. And um, so, give us a feeling on. I mean, I know that a lot of German companies have the same problems. They have e-commerce shops that they now want to place ads into, or um, you know, they come from a different business and now they discover the advertising opportunity. But that usually leads to a lot of internal discussions, true? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, LinkedIn's first priority is being a great business network, right? A great place for members to come and advance their careers and work smarter and get the information they need to be a better, you know, whatever they're doing. Um, our second priority is recruiting and talent solutions. So how do we help people find better jobs? How do we help recruiters at companies place people at better jobs. Only third is marketing solutions and what we can do within that ecosystem. Uh, that said, we're, you know, 20% of LinkedIn's revenue is uh, advertising. Is advertising. Uh, and uh, we're growing incredibly quickly and, and actually our sponsored content business is the fastest growing business at LinkedIn. So it is an important area and we think we can add a lot of value. We think about this in terms of a marketplace. So the way you, you overcome some of those problems that you have with focus and 
you know, not wanting to harm an experience is you create a marketplace dynamic where users are coming to get information, right, to be better at whatever they do. Make sure your advertisers are putting content in front of them that's equally as relevant, right? So if it doesn't seem like advertising, then it's just a great experience and you're improving the overall value of the ecosystem. And that's ultimately the goal. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is make advertising so relevant that it's valuable to users versus being an annoyance or a nuisance. Who, who's your biggest advertising client? Can you say that? Or who's one of the biggest? Yeah, one, uh, right. So uh, some of the biggest. Uh, and and uh, Mercedes is one of our biggest. Um, uh, American Express is a huge client. Microsoft is one of the biggest. Um, uh, the telephony companies, so the AT&Ts of the world, uh, the British telecoms of the world are big clients. Okay, so then how do you make it so native or so relevant? Um, I mean, in the end, I assume Mercedes wants to sell a car or like sell a test drive or whatever. Um, how do you, I mean, how do you different from like all these other native ideas that, that, that we're seeing? Yeah, so a couple ways. One is, if you look at the content that's being created on LinkedIn, Uh, marketers are, are doing a really good job creating relevant experiences, right? So a Mercedes isn't just slapping uh, an ad on LinkedIn, but they're really being thoughtful about, well, what kind of content is valuable to a LinkedIn member, right? So great example would be campaigns that are focused on uh, how successful you are in your career and how that relates to the kind of car you drive. Oh, okay, okay. Right? So, so that kind of, that kind of ex contextual relevance, that kind of uh, content that people would find valuable in our world is what our advertisers focus on. And in the, how big is the advertising team that you're heading? Uh, we've got, in LinkedIn Marketing Solutions, about 1,200 people. 1,200? Yeah. So you have 1,200 guys that you have navigating into this new world. Yeah, you know, it, it, Navigating, I mean, <laughs> or like guiding, or like leading. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we—it's a sizable team, but it's a—you know—it's approaching a billion-dollar business, so it's a, a substantial global business. And and like, how does it break down into creative guys, sales guys, tech guys? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. I would say, tech world is probably a third or so, uh, and sales, support, distribution. Customer support, etc., is is the remainder. Okay. Whoa. Okay, that's a, that's a huge operation. I mean, I, I, I thought like maybe 100 or something. It's okay. Yeah. No. It's uh, it's a big operation. I mean, again, like you know, it's uh, we're we're in um, I think 26 separate markets. We you know have about half of our revenues in the U.S. market. Half is global. Uh, you know, we. Are you familiar with the German market a little bit? A little bit. Um, I mean. How come LinkedIn is not the biggest player in the German market? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I would think I would say first of all, uh, Zing was early here. Uh, they focused on the German market and built a, a very successful solution here. That said, LinkedIn is growing quickly here, and uh, you know I think that uh, we have an opportunity to deliver something to the German market that. Uh, others can't, which is a true global presence, right? So the ability to do business inside and outside of Germany. At the end of the day, we become increasingly global as an economy, as a, as a, yeah, as a German economy, but 
Oh, you see that in every country, right? That that business is being done globally, and I think LinkedIn has a, a pretty clear advantage when it comes to being able to do business across these different walls. Um, but you know, I'm here for a reason. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I assume though. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk a little bit about programmatic. Is programmatic um, relevant to LinkedIn today? Is that like one of the biggest um, sources of new innovation for you? Programmatic's important. You know, I, I, I think it's important to separate programmatic as an overall umbrella from RTB, which would, I hear programmatic, a lot of people are talking about RTB. And, you know, RTB is something we hooked up for our display impressions. You know, frankly, I think it's great to be able to create efficiencies, but display is not that interesting. I, I think at the end of the day... It doesn't deliver high ECPMs for you. Well, yeah, no, it does okay. But, but I think it's not where LinkedIn has its core ability to differentiate. I think part of the reason that RTB has been so successful is that every ad format's the same. And you can, it's like the shipping crate model. You, can, you know exactly how big that shipping crate's going to be. You can deliver these ads all over the place. But by the very nature of that, it's not differentiated. And LinkedIn has this amazing 450 million user base that is very differentiated, right? And we can target them very specifically. We can put valuable content in front of them. So I think display is not our future. Um, but in order to uh, deliver that efficiently, we have these pipes in place, these RTB pipes. Programmatic as an overall strategy is really important. So exposing APIs, um, which if you have that in Germany, the API yeah. terminology. Yeah, yeah. So exposing APIs so that people can integrate into our platform operate it through other systems, bring data into their world so that they can be smart about how they optimize, how they measure things. Really important to us and a big part of our strategy. I mean, you probably look at a lot of different other, other companies that also develop new ad products. I mean, we see like so many new ad products coming out of Snapchat. Does it's it unbelievable. Own. Exactly. I mean, I'm this show, this, so we're up to Mexico. The, the fragmentation is astonishing, right? The number of companies that I've never heard of doing a lot of the same things here is pretty unbelievable. I would have thought our industry would have consolidated by now, but it hasn't. And who do you think, in, in, in the global context, is doing a really good job at launching new advertising products that are, that, I mean, I have, for instance, I have the feeling that publishing houses, like traditional media companies, have a really hard time developing new advertising products. I mean, but who's good and who's not so good? It's not their business, right? So publishing houses do have trouble engineering is a foreign concept to them for the most part, right? It just hasn't been the, the modus operandi that they've been working under. So it's really hard for them to innovate. Facebook, uh, I would say, by a long shot, has been doing the most, the best, the most interesting innovation in the space. And, uh, you know, part of that, I think, is that they've committed immense resource to it, right? Thousands of engineers focused on it. Uh, I think... Is it so much engineering or is it like the creativity to, to think up a new way to integrate advertising, to, to bring advertising to a platform and into the whole ecosystem? It's, it's both, but I think it starts with high-quality engineering. I think it starts with being able to turn these ideas. Like, we all have ideas, right? Um, you're an entrepreneur, you have lots of ideas. The differentiation is not the ideas, it's the execution of those ideas. And how do you take those ideas and make them better through execution, right? 
uh, Facebook has immensely talented engineers, and they've got a platform that allows them to innovate very quickly. When you combine those two things, they're turning ideas into actual products at a very high rate, and they're recognizing that there are other good ideas out there, and when they do, they bring those in also. So you see what they've done with some of the Snapchat kind of, Snapchat kind of a format, right? Uh, and, you know, I would say the entire industry is playing catch-up right now. And Facebook is, is, is the front-runner? Yes. Okay. Um, so what do you think? Like, you have a billion of a business now? Is that LinkedIn? Uh, a little more, yeah. Where can it go? I mean, how, how big can it get? From a marketing solution standpoint. Uh, yeah, at, at LinkedIn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, if you look globally, our core market, B2B, is a $50 billion business, right? Online, B2B is about a $15 to $20 billion business, depending on who you ask. Uh, I think LinkedIn has the opportunity to be the key player in that $15 to $20 billion landscape. So, we have a lot of upside. Okay. Um, what's, what's your take on ad blocking? It's a, I mean, is it a German phenomenon? Is it the market leader is coming from, from Germany? <laughs> uh, what's yeah. your take on that? Yeah, so, you know, I think ad blocking is more of a proxy for consumer unhappiness with how the industry works than anything else. You know, the fact that consumers are adopting it tells you something, that ads aren't relevant enough. Uh, they're interruptive. They slow the pages down. They slow the mobile devices down. And that's why you're seeing these adoption curves. I think that at the end of the day, uh, it's a problem, but it's a, a problem more for the small independent publisher than it is for the large publisher like a LinkedIn. Because a LinkedIn, we can serve our ads however we want to, uh, ultimately, if we wanted to prevent ad blocking. Our mobile app is end-to-end -end secure, so at the end of the day, you really can't block ads in our mobile app if we don't want you to block ads in our mobile app. So, The people that have the resource is, are the people that are going to do okay with ad blocking. It's not going to be an, it's not going to be an issue. So to me, the biggest story here and where it's really sad is it's the small independent publisher that's going to get hurt and have to find new ways to monetize, which is very hard when you're trying to produce great content and you're trying to, to differentiate yourself. It's hard to then have to deal with uh, consumers blocking your ad to get free content. Um, I mean, and it's not just a German phenomenon; it's global. Uh, how much? I mean, how much? How high is the ad blocking rate on, on LinkedIn or across the platform? I would say it varies, uh, but it's less than you see in Germany. I would say across LinkedIn, it's it's you know, it's sub 10 percent, but I don't know the exact number. Okay. Did you ever talk to the ad block guys, or like maybe did sure. they approach you about a deal and like whitelisting your your platform and those things? Absolutely, and and uh, we. I don't have any uh, philosophical problem. You know, I know a lot of people have said they feel like it's extortion. They feel like uh, these are very shady organizations. Uh, you know, frankly, it's a business, and they've figured out a business model that works. And uh, from our standpoint, if we see, you know, that it costs us far less to whitelist than it does the money that is being spent on it, I'm philosophically fine with it. Um. I mean, I know that you that you have a background of like company culture and creative yeah. culture, and, and you like to write about that and discuss that. Um, I mean, how do you innovate? I mean, you have th that many people in your team. You have like four pillars that you just described. I mean, how do you 
find new exciting advertising solutions how do you i mean do you develop them by yourself in your head first or like do you have a team that looks around the world what other companies do how do you come up with a new advertising solution what can like people maybe learn from you yeah so first of all it's hard you know when i joined linkedin uh the infrastructure that we built our ad business on was a mess we we had 24 different systems to manage the business and i realized that there's no way to innovate fast enough to compete in this business with that infrastructure so I spent the first sort of 18 to 24 months cleaning up that mess uh today we're we're at nine systems around the business so we've you know reduced it by 15 and we're going to be at five by the end of the year you have your own ad server or your licensing ad serving solution so, so we've we've consolidated down and we've we're doing a lot more on our own ad server uh but we're still using some external technologies as well but we're but we're reducing it to simplify our uh go to market so that we can innovate right so that's first of all you've got to have you have to have a platform you can innovate on so that's one two is uh you have to have the right people and you have to have a culture uh where people are feel good about trying new things feel good about experimenting feel good about failing because ultimately if you're not failing it means you're not you're not trying enough stuff right if if everything is a sure thing uh you're not innovating so that's number two. and then finally it's you have to have enough of your resource carved off specifically for innovation to allow you to give it enough time and energy to be successful. Nothing works out of the box ever, right? It always takes iteration, it always takes listening to the market, it always takes, you know, belief in your ideas to see them through. Okay. Um is it your first time to Germany now? My this first trip? my first time to Germany. Yeah. What what's your impression? I mean, here at the at the at the show and in in general. So, I flew into Berlin uh yesterday. Or yesterday, what day is it? Thursday, Tuesday. Uh, I flew two days ago. I flew to Berlin. Uh, loved Berlin. Feel like I could spend weeks there. Uh, I feel like the startup culture, the environment, the energy is really pretty awesome. I could see that becoming the next, you know, Tel Aviv or the next big entrepreneurial city. Um, so I'd like to go back there. Uh, I haven't spent that much time here. I got here yesterday and I've been at the show most of the time. Had a great dinner out on the river in Cologne, beautiful city. Uh but I don't have enough impressions of the city yet. Uh the people though are great. Uh they all speak English, which is very helpful for me. Uh and, and you feel like the whole advertising economy here is like on high level with the US or even like more advanced or less advanced? That's a good question. Uh I probably it's hard to say. I don't know Uh, the companies that I'm meeting I don't know enough about them being German versus uh, pan Europe versus American I, but but I do think like I met with a company um yesterday and then of course I'm drawing a blank on the name but w basically in the US we have Sprinkler this is one of Sprinkler's competitors oh, in Germany Facelift thank you uh spent some time with uh the CEO there loved him great entrepreneur we see eye to eye on a lot of the ways you build a company and you build a great brand and you solve problems for customers and you focus on revenues and you focus on profits uh i thought i thought he was great and so if if he's indicative of the broader environment here i think it's a great culture for building a business okay yeah, it's good news for us he's a friend of our platform you probably spoke to Theo or Ben exactly um, yeah 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, terrific. Yeah, okay, yeah, good to hear that. Yeah. Um, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you for um, sharing some uh, updates on uh, LinkedIn and what you're doing. And uh, yeah, interesting to hear how somebody from the heart of the US advertising economy sees us. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time to have me. Yeah, thank you. All right. <laughs>